Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today's topic is how manners and social skills lead to a more successful and connected life. I'm joined by Brooke Romney. She is a writer, speaker, and leader of an online community who helps moms of teens and tweens, like myself, create meaningful, healthy, and enjoyable relationships with their children through practical application, education, and community. Her best-selling book, 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens, provides weekly tips to help parents and teens navigate the complexities of today's modern world. The follow-up, 52 Modern Manners for Kids, will feature tips for kids and tweens aged 4 to 12, and that is set to release this August. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tara. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. I've actually had your book for quite a while now and we've implemented it into our everyday. And so I'm really excited to to talk about the book and, and about manners in general. So you are the mother of four boys. I'm also a boy mom, so I get it. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, I love that. Okay. So I, my oldest is 20. My youngest is 11. I also have an 18 and a 16 year old. So I've been in this tween teen parenting space on my own for quite a while. Got to go through the pandemic with teenagers and just started noticing that there were kids who kind of got it, social norms, like manners that were physical and emotional, mental manners, things like that. And I started noticing a big difference between the kids who got it and the kids who didn't. And it wasn't that I just wanted kids who, you know, looked good on the outside. I saw that there was something different that happened on the inside for these kids who just understood how to exist in the world. And as I thought about that problem in my own home and for the other teens that I was seeing, I thought there has to be a way for us to help kids and teenagers especially feel more successful on the inside so then they can gain that self-confidence and be more successful on the outside. Yes. Do you find that some children, I think you sort of alluded to this though, just have a more of a predilection towards social skills and manners? Like, is it part of their EQ? Like, I feel like I, you know, have always been very in tune with that kind of stuff. And so maybe I take it for granted. What have you seen? Yes, I think that is absolutely true. There are kids who just get it. It's, you know, it's in their DNA There are other kids who are great observers, and so they like to watch and learn. But there's also other really amazing kids who just either haven't had the opportunity or maybe have a little neurodivergence or just that need to kind of like make the mistake and learn on their own. And so they struggle. And the thing that kind of broke my heart about that is it's not that they didn't want to be successful. It's not that they didn't want to have relationships or friendships or be seen as as good kids or helpful people. They just weren't sure what those steps were. And so even though 
They wanted it. They just didn't know how to get there. And then those who were born with it or who are great at observing or have parents who are really diligent about teaching it, they still had deficiencies. Even I was the one who wrote it. And every time I turn to a manner, I'm like, oh, good reminder for me. I'm not doing that as well as I could be doing that right now. And so I just think those reminders, especially living in an age, another thing that I really felt like crippled our kids was the fact that they have their eyes down in a phone and headphones in often. And so they're getting less opportunities to observe the world around them. And so a lot of this really isn't their fault. And I think it's really up to parents to kind of step in and fill in those gaps. Yeah, it's one of those things where I guess I always took it for granted growing up, but like making eye contact, right? Like I look at people and I speak to people. And that was something I had to teach my son. And I'm still teaching my son is to, you know, stop and look at a person, look in their eyes, acknowledge them if they're leaving. And I'm saying, let's say we were having a play date at our house and and his friend was leaving as opposed to just being like, okay, bye. And then walking away. I'm like, no, we walk our guests to the door. We thank them for coming. We look at them. We say goodbye. And like, these are all skills that we have to teach. Well, and what I love about this example that you just gave, because that is one of the manners in volume two, And I love that you knew how to do that, but that's not intuitive in your child, even though he's watched you do that probably every time you've had a guest. That wasn't intuitive for him. He needed to be reminded. He needed to be taught. And so that's what what this book does. It just kind of spurs those conversations, those really deliberate teaching moments. And one of the things that is my favorite about this is as he does those things, it's not just oh, yay, I have a really polite son. That's not what it's about. What it's about is his friends feel wanted. They feel like that was a successful play date. They feel like he enjoyed having them over. He cared enough to walk them out. And when they think about who would I like to get together with, he's going to be at the top of their mind because of the way he treats his friends. And so as that happens, he says, I'm a good friend. People like to be around me. You know, there's something in here, like I treat people well, and that creates a really great inner sort of confidence that allows him to go out in the world as a person who is a good friend, instead of somebody who's walking around saying, nobody likes me, nobody wants to come over, I, I don't have friends, and, and both of those people present themselves very differently in the world. Yes, yes, there's sort of like a feedback loop involved in that. And like you were saying, it's like, I, I am a good friend, and they, they're thinking that you are a good friend and then it sort of feeds itself. So I really appreciate that. I've noticed, and I don't know, maybe I'm just saying this anecdotally, but when I was a kid, man, there was a huge emphasis on manners, especially from my father's side of the family. My mother's side of the family, not so much, but my father's side of the family, definitely. We had to ask for things correctly at the dinner table. You know, may I please have the marmalade on my mother's side of family, not so much. And so I always grew up, my parents were divorced. And so I always grew up with this like dichotomy of like the one side of the family, I knew I had to always be on my best behavior with with manners. And then the other side of the family, I didn't necessarily have to be. But having said that, I do appreciate the fact that it was sort of strict in that social setting, because then I knew how to navigate it as I, as I got older. But here's my question, or here's my thought. Have you noticed sort of a change or a shift in society from when we were kids to those manners and social skills, especially around maybe dinner time. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I touched on it a little bit with the fact that our kids are no longer observing the world like we did. You know, if you were with your parents, you didn't really have, unless you brought a book, you were just listening to adults talk. 
And adults were talking to each other a lot more. We couldn't order things online. Anytime our, our parents needed something, they had to have a conversation about it, whether it was on the phone or in person. But the other thing I think that's happened is there's a real need for parents to want to have good relationships with their kids. It's much less of, you know, a hierarchical family society where the parent is just saying this and the kids are obeying. And I think a lot of that has to do with our ki- who our kids are today. They come with a bigger personality. They have parents who want those relationships. And that was actually one of the reasons why I thought the book was so important because a lot of kids, when their parents are consistently correcting them, it erodes the relationship. And they look at that parent as someone who doesn't care about them, who only cares about how they act or that they look good. Or sometimes it's just conflict after conflict. And and that can be really hurtful to relationships. And so I had that going on in my own house where I was like, I have to teach my kids important things. But a lot of times, especially with one of my children, he would be offended. He would be mad. He would take it very personally. And so I started looking online for a book like he just has to learn some social norms. He has to learn some manners. He's got to learn this, but it's not going well coming from me because either he wouldn't listen or be mad and then he wouldn't implement it anyway. And so as I wrote the book, that sounds very familiar. Yes, you must have, you must have a teenage <laughs> boy. familiar. Yes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's almost 11. So yes. yes, I understand. And so I, what I realized is he wanted relationships with me. He wanted me to be his fan, but I still had to teach because I'm a parent and that's my job. And I just thought if there was a third party sharing these important things, then we could talk about it when it was less personal. So I wasn't attacking the way he'd done something, but we were getting in front of the curve. So instead of the fact that I didn't think he was, let's say someone said, so what do you like doing? And he's like, nothing. Instead of saying like, hey, when somebody asks you that question, like that's not a great answer. And he's feeling attacked by me. Instead, there's a manner that says, know yourself. When somebody asks you what you like, have an answer. It doesn't matter what that answer is. There's no good or bad, but have an answer. So instead of it being really personal and hurtful, we've gone through that manner. It, we're, we're proactively preparing him to be successful. And so then when somebody says, oh, hey, what do you like doing? He's like, oh, you know, I, I love to play the guitar. I love basketball. He has a successful experience instead of it being me constantly either, you know, whispering in his ear or turning around and saying like, oh, you're so bad in that situation. That was inappropriate. That wasn't a good answer. Having a third party is so wonderful. As a parent of a teenager, it helps them feel like you're not attacking them, but also helps them feel less alone. Like not every kid already knows how to do this. You know, this is something we all have to learn together. And for your book, what I love about it is that you're able to, because it has a spiral bound, that you're able to flip through it, you know, for 52 tips, 52 weeks per year, you could put the book in a fixed location. Like for us, it's the kitchen, right? So if I keep it in the kitchen and then you focus on one tip per week and, and maybe that tip is, you know, look people in the eyes when you speak with them. I'm just using that as an example. But then all week we can constantly reinforce that particular concept before we move on to the next one. Because some may be easier than others, or some may come more naturally, or some maybe we've just had more practice at up until this point. But, But that's part of what I really love about the book is that like you can flip through it almost like, like a daily calendar, except for the fact that it's a weekly manners calendar. Yeah. And that was, so as you can tell, I have some hard cells in my house. And so one thing that I knew was that I needed to have it be accessible to a child who isn't that interested in having a conversation around it. So it, you know, it stands up like on a little 
easel, basically. It's its own easel. So then for if you have a kid who really isn't interested in learning from you, you just display it and they can take it in as they want, as they're comfortable, when it feels right to them. And then they're learning on their own. Some kids do a great job with group learning. Some kids love being taught from a person and other teenagers really want to learn on their own. There was a mom who said she had a, a 14-year-old boy. She knew it wasn't going to work for him. He, she knew he would push back, but she found him like in his room with it hiding because he didn't want to give her the satisfaction of like saying these are good ideas, but he really did want to learn how to be more successful as a teenager. And so I just, I love that there's lots of ways for this book to get into the hearts of our teens. Yes, that that really resonates too, because I think sometimes they don't want to admit weakness. So they'll go off in their room and then read it and be like, oh yeah, I knew all those things anyway, obviously. (laughs) And then here they are like cramming through it, flipping like page after page. I love it. (laughs) it. It's really true. So how did you start to do the research for this? Like, how did your family then sort of inform your work and, and walk me through yeah, that Yeah, that's story. actually kind of fun because what I, I started just noticing a couple of things that were consistent, not just with my kids, but for all of the teenagers that I had in my home and the church, you know, there were a few things that I thought, wow, we are missing a couple of things. And I, I remember two of them, two of them, one of them was being a good passenger in the car. When you get in the car, you say hello, you don't jump right to your phone, you have a short conversation, you say thank you when you leave, and you close the door. Well, I'm giving rides to all these kids who are not doing any of those things, and I'm thinking, you are not paying me for this service, and I am not an Uber driver. Like, (laughs) come on, people, you know. So (laughs) I was noticing that, and then the other one that feels very vivid is we had a lot of kids in our home, and they would go down, and they would hang out together on the weekend, they'd be in our basement, we would be just upstairs in the family room. And now that parents just text their kids that they're there to pick them up, they would just walk right by us like we were ghosts and just open the door and leave. And I thought, oh, I am shocked. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that point yet in parenting. Okay. So maybe that is coming soon. Yes. But just the concept of that blows Yeah, my it, mind. it was pretty wild, especially because I could understand if we were nowhere to be found, but Often we were sitting right on the couch that they left and they would just, just walk out the door. So those were two things that were very vivid. And I thought, wow, I hope my kids aren't doing this, but I have no guarantees because I'm not there, right? It's not at my home or in my car. So I put that out online as just, hey, three things I think parents should make sure their teens know. And I got a really great response because parents were like, wow, I haven't thought to teach my kids these things. I hope they're not doing it but I don't know. And then most of, uh, many of them are saying, yeah, this is happening when I drive carpool or we had kids over last weekend and nobody said goodbye, you know, things like that. So that was very popular. And then people said, will you please just start sharing more of these things that you're seeing? And so it's kind of like, if you're looking for something, you find it. So I started sharing one a week. It was a, a teen tip every Tuesday. They were very popular. People were very grateful. They were using them in their home. And then someone said, you know, my kids aren't online. I'm not as consistent as I want to be about sharing this. Would you consider making a book with all these tips that you've been sharing? And I thought about it. And one of my personal values is creating value. So I knew it wasn't going to be a book. No, no teenager is going to write a book, read a book on his own that says like all the things your mom wants you to do, you know? And so I thought, (laughs) I was like, 
<laughs> that's guaranteed them not right. reading it. Here's a book totally. of all the things that your mom like, wants. Like, that is not going to go over well. And so I really put, like, my brainstorming hat on, kind of thought about what would work in my house? What would my kids respond to? And came up with this concept. And when I found a printer that was willing to go with it, I wanted something on the front that was, like, short and catchy. So each manner is pretty, you know, the manner celebrate others. That's something that you can stick in your mind that you can all kind of rally around. So if I say to my kids, like, hey, remember we celebrate others, that's easy for them to know that's what it means. And then there's just a little description about what that looks like, what that is. And then on the back, I knew I had to have a why. I've got a couple of questioners in my family and I knew they needed to know what is in it for me. Like this is, I don't, so this is what you want me to do, you know? They need to know what was in it for them. So that's what's on the back. And then I knew it had to be something where they could learn in all different ways. It needed to stand up and be reinforced because as a mom, I have lots of great intentions about teaching my kids. But having that visual reminder, I knew that it would be something that I would do maybe like four or five times. And then, oh, I forgot. Like, I learned this manner. But I knew if it was like visual, and I knew I wanted the visual to be really easy to put in your house. So it went with any decor and didn't take away from the home. Then I thought maybe families would really do this. And families have. It's been really fun. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. Yeah, the aesthetic of the book is beautiful. It's black and white, and it's very clean. It's very modern. No, no pun intended, because modern manners, right? But it is very, very modern. And so you're right; it, it fits with the decor of of every home. And then my thought of it also is like it's almost like a guide on how to live a good life. You know, it, it's the modern manners, but it's it's like more than that. You know, like you said, it's about celebrating others. It's about loving yourself, loving others, it really is like full circle. Like, so if you had like an alternative title, I would almost say something along the lines of how to get, live a good life. Yeah. It's funny because when I talk to people about it and they're not familiar with the book, they're thinking like table manners, you know, how to have a handshake. And we, we include a couple of those, but for me, those don't create success. And so from it, it's exact how to live a successful and connected life is really what this is about. And and my ultimate goal for the teenagers is that they, when they leave their house, they are prepared to live a successful and a connected life. Right. That, that's true. We should preface it by the fact that it's not just asking like, you know, please pass the marmalade. Thank you, ma'am. It's, it's not that. I mean, there may be aspects of that, but it is more like we said before of walking your friend to the door, greeting someone properly when you see them. Yes, having a nice firm handshake, not gossiping about people. You know, there, there's so many things that, that go into this modern manners. And it's really not just for teens. Like I was reading this and it was reinforcing so many things for me as a you know middle-aged lady. No, it's so true. And like I said, even though I wrote the book there, every time our family flips to the new week, I am reminded and reinvigorated to be better. There's one about picking up your own trash, right? Like there is not a magic fairy that does this. And the other day I just 
saw some trash on the ground and I grabbed it. And because we were on that manner, I don't know that that would be my natural reaction all the time, but that manner just reinforced like, no one, there is no person that's walking around picking up after everyone else. Like whether I'm in my home or whether I'm at a friend's or, or in a public space. And so every time I turn the manner, I'm reminded it's really good for me too. It's really good about building awareness. I think that's probably the key. That's like the foundational skill here is to build their awareness for all of those things, like seeing the trash, right? Right. Many times teenagers don't even see the, and I'm using this in quotes, Mm -hmm. see the trash that's there in order to pick it up. They don't even see their old water cups or dirty dishes in their bedroom that they need to walk down into the kitchen. And so I think building awareness is really the jumping off point for these kids. Yeah. And and for us in general. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of manners about technology use. And a lot of that is because we just don't, we don't teach that deliberately. We just think that they get it, you know, but something as simple as if you are at a play or in a movie and you need to use your phone, you need to exit. There's people that have paid money and that's distracting and just things like that. And I was at a movie the other day and there was definitely not a teenage guy. He was an older man who was on his phone right next to me. And I just thought, oh, he needs my manner book too. And, and it is, it's just, it's being aware. It's being aware of the world around us. And, you know, for teenagers, especially helping them understand that this isn't just about like, I want to make everyone else comfortable. This is about when you're that type of a person, you're going to be successful. Aware people are successful. They pay attention to what's going on. One of my favorite manners in volume two is reading the room right? That's a relationship skill that will pay dividends now and in the future. So even things that are sound simple, but are things that you can practice in your home. And, you know, we've even said like, Hey, read the room. Like after we've already done that manner and your kid starts talking about, you know, his A on his test while we're lecturing the brother about turning in assignments, like not the best time, you know? So, yep. Really good. That's such a good one. We used to, years ago, when my son was little, little, I would say that to him. He was probably three or four. I remember specifically one time we were on vacation at a restaurant, and that was the first time I said it to him. I said, read the room. And he looked around. (laughs) And then we obviously explained to him what it really meant. And we've gotten out of practice with that one. And I think manners and, and social skills in general are so much about practice. So I think we need to bring that phrase back into our repertoire because it used to work. And so we need to get back into practice with reading the room because it's so important. Well, and I love that you said, you know, that you're out of practice because I think this is, it is hard. It isn't easy to continually be aware. It's, you know, our default is what's the least amount we can do. How lazy can we be to do the bare minimum? And And manners and being aware and caring about relationships, those take work and they take effort and and they take some consistency for our kids to be able to see the benefits of them later. And I think as kids start using these and they start to have those moments of success, I had had a really cool story. So a mom had shared, be a great house guest with her child. And her child was heading off on a weekend with a friend and her daughter has a little bit of autism. And so some of the things don't come as easily to her, but she was really excited to go with this family. 
And she got home from her trip and the mom called the mom and said, your daughter was such an incredible guest with us. She, she was polite. She pitched in. She helped with dinner. She did the dishes. She was thankful. She asked about our shoe policy. She did all these things. And so the mom went to her daughter and was like, Hey, you know, my friend just called. She said, you were so polite. You pitched in. You were such a great house guest. She would love to have you come next time. And this girl was over the moon at what a successful weekend it had been because she was just a little bit prepared. And did it take some effort? Was it easier than letting the parents do all the work or, you know, not caring about their, you know, the cabin that they were at? It was more work, but in the end, it was so fulfilling. It was such a happy experience for her. And so I love seeing the success stories that that effort and work often equals reward, even in those small things in our lives. You gave me chills with that story because it's such a beautiful story because I, I could really like put myself in, in her shoes to think like how hard she would have to work to, to you know, want to be a good house guest. So I, I love that. That makes me, it fills my heart with, with joy. It absolutely does. Because so often our kids and, and us as adults too, we're always seeking that like short-term term gain and you're not thinking or the long term, right? But really social skills and manners are more about playing a long-term game. Yeah. And, and that is hard, especially in a world that gives us such immediate dopamine hits for, for small actions, like, you know, killing a, you know, a little guy on our phone or whatever that is. It's, it's harder to play that long game, but you know, I have success story after success story that parents have shared with me that nothing compares to their kids having that sense of confidence that they like who they are. They have, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the star of the basketball team. It doesn't matter if you're the valedictorian. You have created some values and character in yourself. And and because of that, you can walk through the world confident. And even if you're not the best, you really like the person you've become. And I think that's a little bit of what our kids are missing is they're looking for a lot of external validation. They're looking for people to like their photo, to tell them they're, you know, top of the class. But really, the, the people that are most successful are the ones who really like who they are on the inside. And I think these manners help them become that person. Something like one of the manners in the second one is talking about celebrating others. And that's something that's really hard to do, especially in those teenage years. But when you're someone who's someone that celebrates others, other people can be successful and it feels really good for you too. And so you, you, know, you walk through your life feeling happy and joy, even if everything's not going right for you. There's just so many crucial life lessons in these that I think can be so great for our kids now and especially into the future. Yeah. Which is your favorite? I know you have a lot of, of topics there. Which is your favorite manner? <sighs> okay. I'm going to have to do two just because... I'm a maximalist on something. So the first, the first very practical favorite manner for me is the first one in the first book, and it's introduce yourself. Why I love that is because so many people are lonely, and so many of our kids feel like they don't have friends, and so many adults are hanging out all by themselves in crowded rooms full of people. And introducing yourself, I think, is a life skill that can truly change your life. If you are a person who says, here's a room full of people I don't know, hi, my name's Tara. I don't think I've met you yet. That 
changes your experience in every room you walk into. And I just think it's really powerful. That manner, there was a teacher using the book in middle school and she read that manner and a couple kids stood up and gave a standing ovation because they were so lonely in classes full of people. This was right after COVID. And I just, I think that is a manner that can truly change your life. And then my second favorite is mostly because of the experiences that I've heard from it. And it is find new friends. And that manner basically says, if your friends are constantly and consistently, not just one time, this happens to all teens, but if your friends are consistently leaving you out, if they are always making you feel badly about yourself, if they are putting you down, if they are making your life miserable consistently, then it's it's time to find new friends. And then the matter talks about how this isn't easy. You might be lonely. It's going to take work. But eventually there are people who will like you for you. And I can't tell you how many messages I've received and people that have stopped me in person to say that they read that manner out loud to their family. They had no clue anything was going on. And then their son or their daughter came to them and said, mom, I have to find new friends and opened up and shared their heart and the hard things that were going on. And then they were able to find new friends and create a completely different high school experience than they would have had. So that one to me is just really powerful in opening up a conversation. I think I think parents want to be involved and they want to show support, but sometimes they just don't know how to start that. How do you say, are your friends being nice to you without it sounding weird? But when you have this third party talking about finding new friends and then your child comes to you, I don't know. Some of, Those are some of the most beautiful experiences I've heard from the Manners books. They're so poignant. That's the thing too. You know, something so simple as a phrase saying, introduce yourself or find new friends, right? In itself, that sentence is so simple, but it is so powerful in the scheme of our children's lives. Yeah. And just that, that feeling that you're not alone, you know, that there's other teenagers out there who are looking for new friends. Another crowd favorite is the way you smell matters. That's just an absolute (laughs) great, that is just a crowd favorite. Just the idea of showering and wearing deodorant. That is, that is so important. And it's not just important because your mom can't stand to smell you any longer, but people react better to kids who are caring about their hygiene, you know, just something simple, but yeah, just there's so many good ones. And, and our family's been through the first one all the way and we're almost done with the second one. And, and there are things that we continue to learn and I can't wait to jump back into the first. So it's one of those things where as parents, especially when our children are younger, we're so focused on teaching them the alphabet, teaching them numbers, addition, multiplication, all of that very like rudimentary stuff. And these social skills and these manners sort of fall by the wayside because I think people assume that the kids are just going to absorb them like sponges, but that's not always the case. And some of our children, we have to work a little bit harder to teach them those skills. And unfortunately, I really, I see it now for adults who weren't necessarily taught those skills, that they do struggle. They struggle with loneliness. They struggle with feeling awkward in a social setting. And so unless we sort of have this toolbox, so to speak, then we don't necessarily know how to have a connected life. One of the sweetest messages I received was from a mom who said, I grew up in a house where there was not a lot of good things being taught. I didn't know how to 
be social. I didn't have that IQ. I didn't know how to go out into the world and introduce myself or do any of these things. And she said, as a mom, I have felt so inadequate because I don't know how to do it. How am I supposed to teach my kids these important things that it seemed like, you know, all those successful people knew, but I just didn't get. And she said, now I have a way to teach my kids and I am learning with them. And I just like that one just gave me chills because I thought how awesome that for, you know, $20 and a few minutes of your day, she can learn those skills and then she can teach her kids to have a better chance than she had, you know? And it's just, it's, there was a woman that went to a private school back East, a boarding school. And she said, these were all the things that we learned in our private boarding school because they said connections are what make you more successful than what you know. And this is how you have connection. And I thought, you shouldn't have to, you know, pay. Go to a $50,000 boarding school. To learn these soft skills that really can make a difference in, in your current life and especially in your future. Yes. I, I am so excited to really go through all of these. Like I said, we, we have it in the kitchen. We've been going week by week, but we, we haven't gone through all of them. And I know that my son can and does truly benefit from learning these soft skills because again, it doesn't always come naturally for him. And when I see him having a hard time struggling socially, I know that it often falls back to learning many of these things. He's actually great about introducing himself at playgrounds, which is so sweet because he's an only child. And so if we go to a playground, he'll make up a new friend. But I do notice that he never catches the friend's name. So I'll always say like, oh, I saw you made a new friend. That's great. What's their name? He's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't ask them. (laughs) (laughs) Happens 100% of the time. So that's going to be adding on to the skill of it's wonderful that you introduced yourself and made a new friend. Now you ask them their name and then you remember it so that when you see them next time. Well, and that's the, that's the other thing that's really fun about the books is they're just the start of a conversation. And then it lets you as a parent guide and add or subtract sometimes. Maybe that, maybe that manner doesn't work quite well for you. And you're like, you know, here's the exception to the rule. And it's just the opening of a conversation. And it's, it's fun to be able to have something to talk about around the dinner table, get their thoughts. I love the strategy of asking them, you know, have you ever been with someone who was great at making sure that the other person, you know, the person on the outside was included? Have you, you know, have you seen that happen? Or, you know, I, it is kind of hard to introduce yourself. What, what are your, what makes it hard for you? How could we help you? You know, those types of things. And it's really fun to involve teens and tweens. I personally think the golden age is that 10 to 13 where our tweens are actually really excited about being teenagers and they want to know how to do it successfully. So I love like kind of grabbing a hold of them right at that time and saying, this is how to be a successful teenager. And and they're usually a little more, you know, interested than maybe a 17 year old who's on his way out. So it's a sweet spot. I'm ready for it. As we enter middle school now, I am embracing it and I am ready for it. I love it. Brooke, tell everyone where we could find you and where we could get your book. Oh, I am on Instagram. I'm really active there at Brooke Romney Writes. We have an excellent community of really supportive parents that are helpful and kind and open. I love being there. You can get the books on Amazon, both volume one and volume two. And I think like we said, 
The one for kids is coming out in probably end of August. That will be on Amazon. It's really similar to the format, but one of the things that I really love is on the back, there's a bunch of role play or discussion scenarios because you can role play that. So one of my favorite ones is use kind words. And on the back, it says, you know, when you see a mom with a big belly at a store, what do you do? When you give your grandpa a hug and he smells kind of funny, what would you say? And, and it really lets us kind of walk through those. The, the younger kids are so great about wanting to engage in a role play and scenarios and things like that. So it's really powerful. I cannot wait to share it. And, and it should be the end of August. Yay, that's wonderful. Once you do, I will uh, share about that as well. So I'm so excited. Brooke, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Tara. It was a great conversation. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.